0: If you need some time off or for me to refer you to our Health for some counselling.
1: I'm fine. Thanks, Mum. Thank you, Mum. That's right, Mum. Very good, Mum. Thank you, Mum. <laughs> Mum. Pleasure to meet you, Mum. Can't see for certain, Mum. 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 Yes, Mum. Yes, Mum. Thank you, Mum. As you wish, Mum. Mum. Have a
2: good evening, Mum. Mum. You have to tuck under your jacket, Mum. Pardon me, Mum. Mum. No, Mum. Sorry, Mom. All right, we're at oh, 25. Again, keep
1: it going, keep it going, but tell oh, me how far into you. the video Mom.
2: we are. Oh, come on, Mum. Mum. Mum.
1: Oh my god, we're
3: almost, only at thirty today! we're at 31. thirty one!
2: Mom mom mom, mom 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 It's okay mom It's, 40. Mom. it's okay mom! It's, it's right too many moms! Mom. Start mom. the show! Mom.
3: Welcome um, to Court Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey,
1: you're welcome, Mum. It's me, Brian Brushwood, and that was 40 of the mums from uh, The Bodyguard. Uh, where did you find that gem, Bryce? Netflix made that. Uh, did they really? They made. They're making like a
0: lot of those digital features like that. Oh,
1: that's wonderful. They had.
0: A, they just posted one today that was all the Happy Birthday babies from Russian Doll.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah. So. Uh, Netflix on YouTube. Uh the only thing I could think of that would be better than that is our fantabulous guest, Nicole Lee of Engadget.com. Thank you so much for joining us. I mean,
2: you're too kind, but thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me.
3: Oh, thank you, Mom.
1: <laughs> you beat me to it. You beat me to it. Alright, Tom, what's our what's our top story? Let's get right into the primary target.
3: Okay. Uh I think we have a few stories here that tell a story about where cord cutting and just television as an industry might be going. Uh, Starting with our good friends, Moffat Nathanson Research. We've been talking about them for years as they track the number of pay TV subscribers through traditional cable and satellite versus the number who are paying through internet only services. Uh, And it will not surprise you that US pay TV subscribers dropped by 985,000 in Q4. That's down 4.1% over 2017 and that's the highest rate of decline in at least the last eight years since Moffat Nathanson's been doing these reports. Of note, multi-channel internet TV packages rose, but only rose 740,000 in Q4 2018, and they rose 900,000 in Q4 2017. So slowing of the internet-only packages like your Sling TVs and YouTube TVs, but also not making up for the difference so, if you weren't paying attention, 985,000 people dropped off of pay, traditional pay TV, 740,000 paid for internet TV packages. So, there's a different situation going around for a couple hundred thousand people there. Okay. Uh, As an example, Sling TV finished 2018 with 2.42 million subs. Uh, That's first place among the Internet TV packages, right ahead of DirecTV Now, which has 1.6 million. YouTube TV and Hulu Live are kind of right behind them, around 1 million each. However, Sling TV's owner, Dish Satellite, lost 1.125 million subscribers and only added... 205,000 Sling TV subscribers. So Dish in Microcosm is experiencing this. They're losing their satellite TV people, they're gaining their internet people, but not enough to make up for it. However, it's not all bad news if you're operating an online TV service, if you're not operating an internet TV replacement service. Uh, In other words, if you're not doing a multi-channel service, CBS All Access and Showtime, which CBS reports together, have about 8 million streaming subscribers now. And CBS says it's about 50-50 between these two platforms, about 4 million for All Access, 4 million for Showtime, give or take. That is up 60% from last year. And they've hit their CBS All Access number two years ahead of schedule. So CBS now has a new goal. They expect Showtime and All Access to combine for 25 million subscribers by 2022. And... CBS is now throwing around the idea of taking shows like season one of The Good Fight and airing them on the broadcast network as a way to drive subscribers from the free broadcast network to the pay all access. So to recap, people leaving pay TV, not necessarily going to a replacement service on the Internet, but definitely lots of people paying for these individual packages like CBS All Access. I feel like there's
1: like three different ways we could have covered this story. Uh, One is the victory lap, which is weirdly getting less and less interesting to me. Uh, More people than ever are cutting the cord. It's like, yeah, yeah, eight eight years ago, we would have been high-fiving over this, but now it's like that scene in Fight Club where it's like you're not seeing what's happened, but you're just hitting the the wet squish of of fists on meat, and you're like, okay, yeah, no, we get it. The cord, they're definitely (laughs) dead, right? Um, The other version of this, we could say, uh, we have a real problem on our hands, which is as people are exodusing from the buffet of cable television, they are not coming as we promised to all the individual boutique restaurants for all of these streaming services. They're taking their time in between. Now, truthfully, I think that there's a bit of a celebratory period when you give up that big fat bill. And you just want to take some time, and as as we've talked about, my advice is quit everything. And the moment you want something, buy it. And then once that becomes a problem, consider a service instead of buying it. So it could be that we're seeing a natural lag in that in between. But then you see that story of the CBS that feels like it's, somewhere, it's, it's just right, right? It's, it's not too dark, not too bright. It's just right. And it makes me feel like what we're seeing is we don't want the bloated super buffets that cable was giving us. We don't want the complete balkanization of us signing up for 18 different services, but... If you offer an island, a little niche, something that's just right with enough to feed the back catalog and two or three of your favorite things, I feel like, uh, how much is, um, is CBS? Like, like 10 bucks a month? It's like $6 if you want commercial, if you're
3: okay with commercials. It's 10 bucks if you want the commercial for you. Yeah.
1: I feel like this is a Goldilocks story where if you're just going to be, hit us, you don't have to have everything. You don't have to be just one thing. But if you can give me just enough to feel good right now for joining your clubhouse, I can handle four five six of these six to ten dollars a month services and still feel like i'm coming out ahead over cable uh, nicole does any of that ring true with you
2: yeah um i was just about to say that i think there is definitely a group of people that probably feels that those multi-channel packages are maybe a little bit too close to a traditional cable satellite tv subscription like i canceled this for a reason Maybe, maybe they they don't they don't want to have the same thing but just like in a different format or something. Uh, they maybe there is the idea of. Um, the, I mean, the fact that CBS All Access has this got had a tremendous success tells you that there is still this uh, uh, desire for a quote unquote à la carte style service where you you pick and choose what you want, right? I mean, it's not it's still not perfect just because you don't get everything. But maybe you don't want everything. Maybe you just want. Every, you know, maybe you only want to, to to subscribe to YouTube TV only for the Olympics and then cancel it afterwards. Like that kind of thing. You I,
1: I, I got to be honest, what you're saying rings true for me because I love my experience on PlayStation View. But if I'm going to be perfectly honest, uh, I, I really only have PlayStation View for AMC. Uh, it's like when Better Call Saul's on, I got to watch it. Maybe I'll get into The Walking Dead for 20 minutes again. Uh, and certainly I'll be there for Preacher. Uh, but but outside of that. I mean, if AMC uh, AMC doesn't offer
3: its own standalone thing, does it, Tom? Uh, no. Well, what they have right now is you. You can pay if you're already a cable subscriber. You can yeah. pay extra to get commercial free on their app. Uh, but I feel like that's a Trojan horse to them. Eventually, once they you know feel like they they won't anger the Comcast gods too much providing some sort of service that will be internet only uh, that you can pay for on its own. I I fully expect that's what Disney has in mind for FX, which has a similar system to AMC right now, but they're going, they're saying we're going to put a bunch of FX stuff on Hulu. Uh, So Hulu will essentially become that for FX. I imagine AMC might do something like that. Where my head's at with this is if I had to guess right now, it seems to me that, the one thing that people want out of these multi-channel packages on the internet is live. They're like, I want to be able to see my sports or my news or the things that, you know, aren't on demand and everything else is on demand. CBS, all access showtime, Netflix. They're like, I don't need that. So people are like, I don't care about news and sports. Aren't, replacing cable. They're like, I get, I just want to watch shows. I'll get shows. I can have over the air to, to give me some of the live stuff, but it's just not that important. So there's probably, this is where I'm going with this. There's probably a new format, uh, a new package, or even a modified version of existing packages that says, we'll give you live TV. If you want to just be on Netflix, Showtime, HBO for all the rest of your programming, we'll give you live sports, live news in a, in a affordable package. Uh, I think that's coming down the road. They're going to, somebody's going to start figuring that out. Maybe it's Sling TV, maybe somebody else. Um, uh, but the ability to say like, we know what you're missing from going a la carte is this. So we'll be the competitively priced package alongside those other apps so that you can Choose to subscribe to those or not based on what they offer for on-demand shows, and will be your your live streaming package for everything else.
2: I think it's worth pointing out that uh, there is already some version of this. I think Facebook and Twitter, and Amazon, to an extent, do do live broadcasts of like some sports shows and some news broadcasts. So there is already a little bit of experimentation in this area, but that could be like even more so into that into the well yeah realm. and right
3: now you can buy sling tv hulu playstation view and you're basically getting what i'm talking about yeah, but you're yeah. also getting a bunch of other things all the other stuff. right it's <laughs> like we're going from pay tv which is like way too many things i don't want to pay for all these things to these slimmer bundles but you're still paying for a lot of things i think there's going to be another downgrade from that coming
1: uh all right look i'd hate to do this but you know what you just caused me to do I just unsubscribed. I just canceled my subscription to PlayStation view because (gasps) I just uh, like, like I'll I'll go back when there's a reason to go back, but, but uh, you just talked me out of it. So I just canceled it. And and... uh,
3: I'm very, (laughs) this is a great experiment. I, I love this. Like, will there be a point where you're like, Oh, I want to watch this live thing and and you know brian's not a representative sample of the entire population of the united states i get that but will there be a point where brian's like "Ooh, i wish i had access to this live thing and on top of that when you get to that point if you get to that point will it be PlayStation view or will you go Oh, but this other thing has it and it's cheaper, right? All right.
1: Time out. Time out in the chat. Bryce just typed, dang it. I was using that. Like <laughs>
3: there is some stuff you can
0: see.
3: Obviously <laughs> he meant, uh, the, uh, uh, something in the room. Brian was, was well, well, I, and, stuff, and that, that is literally the yeah. case. Uh, I
1: don't know if you know this, but Bryce spends a lot of time here in the <laughs> studio and he's watching my stuff yeah. on there. But, uh, but, but but again, as per my rule, the moment I want something, I'll go back to it. It's just it's just. Yeah. Uh, and to their credit, uh, they made it very easy for me to unsubscribe just now. And uh, although I didn't like that, I had to click buttons on a feedback survey to like they grayed out cancel for real until I said. And then uh, the weird part was is like, how likely are you to recommend? I could honestly say uh, nine or a ten. You guys are great. Uh, now get off my my billing cycle.
3: Yeah. No, that's interesting. That I, I mean, isn't it funny? Like. Compared to what you used to have to go through, even that little feedback survey is nothing, but you get so used to it. You're like, oh, I don't know to fill out these questions. That's annoying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, and, right, and, and, and again, I have nothing against, I, I really, really, really enjoy it. It's just, I realized that my kids aren't watching it. I'm not watching it. Uh, and right. it's just not the right season for me to be paying for it. So I'm not paying for it.
3: Well, and that, that's what this is for, right? Is the, 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 and when I say this, I mean, that's what cord cutting is about is control. It's the ability to do that. What Brian just did, which you could not do under the old model. I mean, not with a lot of, not without a lot of pain and agony and cost, You know, fees and sign up. Do you remember uh, the 40 minute conversations it used to take uh, to get to get off of these? Apparently, that's better now. Uh, A good friend of mine just canceled Comcast and was shocked that it only took five minutes. So I guess they've given up. I don't know. Uh, Smart move. <laughs> all right folks we have not given up and you should not give up on us if you think we're worth it uh please become a member of cord killers and get some special perks and the satisfaction of supporting independent content directly at patreon.com chordkillers
1: uh, heck yeah, man. Become a, one of our bosses. Give us what we like to call an infinite raise by going from $0 per episode to just $1 an episode. That's cheaper than CBS All Access, for crying out loud. And and and, and we take you to infinitely more worlds than they do. That's right. Come at us, CBS. CBS stands for <laughs> uh, can't believe their S word. That's what I'm saying. Come at us. Uh, why don't you be our boss over at <laughs> patreon.com? I have to <laughs> disclose
3: that I still have CBS stock from when I worked at CNET. Okay. I
1: can't believe that stock
3: <laughs> <laughs> can't believe stock. That's the S word. Uh, hey, another S word is summer. And the summer movie draft is coming March 5th on night attack. Uh, the movie list is out on the subreddit uh, and uh, the teams will be Brian. Who are the teams? Uh, here's so it's known for sure. It's going to be
1: uh, me and Justin on team night attack. Uh, I assume you're going to be team DTNS. It's in uh, the dock. No.
3: Oh, oh, it's all I have decided. Team sword and Laser. Sword and Laser. As I team up with
1: Spider Belmont. Did, did, did we Oh, my God. No, that's not fair. You're going to crush us. Uh, do do we have confirmation of, of our friends over at Ice Cream Social? The doc has the list of the
0: teams. Uh, we've got uh, Sword and Laser. We'll have Team Frog Pants. We will have Team ICS. Uh, team John Trekker will be joining us. Oh. And for the first time, Team Hammerson. It's and Chamberlain and podcaster Joel G. Robertson from oh. Forgotten Flicks.
1: That's going to be great.
3: Fantastic. Uh, so that is next Tuesday evening on oh, this very Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Night Attack, uh, or whatever. We should,
1: just for the, initi- uh, the uninitiated, it, it's, it's, a, it's a summer movie draft. It's like fantasy football only with movies. Uh, trust me, trust me, trust me. It's worth it. Even though you're only watching us play, it's worth it because you get to participate. You get to decide who overbid for stuff, who underbid for stuff, and you get to play in the fan league at home, and if you're uh, the smartest of all of them, then uh, uh, you get to be the big winner out of thousands of co- competitors.
3: And throughout the movie draft period, we'll be checking in on the standings on spoiler in time, which you can also get at cordkillers.com or patreon.com slash cordkillers. All right, let's talk about how to watch. One way people watch a lot of stuff is Netflix. And uh, yesterday the Academy Awards were given out. And, and I just want to, before we get into what actually happened, Brian, do you remember Cord Killers 2014, where we were like, "Wow, Netflix got nominated for an Oscar," or Net or Cord Killers 2017, when we're like, "Hey, Netflix finally won an Oscar this year." Uh, Cord Killers 2019 is like, well, OK, so Netflix took home four Oscars, but they they didn't win Best Picture. So what do we think of that?
1: huh? Well, I do feel like it merits uh, pointing out how, how rare is it for a foreign language film to win Best Picture?
3: Uh, that's never happened.
1: OK, that's pretty rare. I, I, the one thing I could think of that got close was uh, Life is Beautiful, but I guess that was Best Foreign Language Film, right?
3: Yeah, I I guess what we're talking about is uh, Roma, uh, in case people don't know, a Netflix movie, uh, won for Best Cinematography, uh, Best Director, Best Foreign Language Film, because the movie is in Spanish, uh, and was up for Best Picture. And a lot of people had expected it to win. uh, And when it didn't, Green Book uh, was the movie that won. People started speculating, well, is it because it's foreign language? Is it because it's Netflix? And a lot of the industry that's out there doesn't really love the fact that Netflix doesn't give exclusivity to theaters, even though they did give a two-week exclusivity to Roma in theaters, which is unusual for them. Uh, but really, I mean, Netflix Netflix won uh, three Oscars for Roma and also won Best Short Documentary for Period End of Sentence. Uh, so. They, I mean, really, they cleaned up when you compare them to streaming services. Hulu was the only other one that even got a nomination for best feature documentary. Minding the Gap, that one didn't win. Free Solo won that category.
1: Uh, uh tremendous all the way around. Um, man, it makes me feel like I have to watch Roma, and and I, uh, it's gonna feel like homework. It's gonna be like, okay, and now I feel bad today. <laughs>
2: I think. I think. It's interesting to me because, you know, I think we, I think you mentioned this several times on the show and others on how Netflix is so indispensable on how it's like the the must have uh, streaming service. Right. Even even though they raise their rates to, I don't know, was it like eleven dollars a month or whatever it is? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember what the package is now. So like it, it almost seems as if like they could raise it a couple more dollars and it probably will still be OK because they're they're trying to make themselves so essential, so indispensable, and getting these awards and these accolades are definitely a persuading point, I think. Like the I only mean, way to watch it is to get, to get an outfit.
3: Netflix apparently, according to these reports, spent more money marketing uh, Netflix's Roma for, to win an Academy Award than they spent on the movie. They just crazy. really, really, really wanted to win Oscars. And and they did. They, they, they the, the movie won three Oscars, right? Just not Best Picture. Also uh, uh, of interest, things that we talk about on the show quite often, Black Panther was the first superhero movie nominated for Best Picture, and it did not win Best Picture either, but it won awards for Best Costume Design, Best Production Design, and Best Original Score. It was the first Oscars ever for a Marvel movie, so a, a milestone for Marvel. And uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, one for best animated feature. Uh, and I, I don't think anyone doubted that it would, but a lot of people were arguing that it should have gotten nominations in Best Picture category itself. Now Nicole, uh, <coughs> have you seen Roma?
2: No, I haven't seen Roma. I think like like Brian, maybe I, I feel like I need to watch it now. But um I haven't seen I haven't seen a lot of these movies too, Have be you seen Black you. Panther
3: and Spider-Man? I think you are. I have for seen
2: Black Panther and I've seen I have seen Spider-Man uh Spider-Verse and uh well I guess we might get into it later in the what we're what we're watching thing. But um Spider-Verse I absolutely agree should have been best just everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah I think it's I think it's really interesting. I do. I do feel like getting not just, not just Roma, but the fact that period of End of Sentence was on there. Bella Buster Scruggs is a really good uh, movie as well. Um, the more the merrier, I think.
3: Yeah, and I, I think this. The reason I I set it up this way is, you know, getting nominated was a big deal for a streaming service. Netflix is no longer considering itself a streaming service. They withdrew from the Internet Association. They're joining the Motion Picture Association. Netflix wants to be considered a studio, just like Disney, just like Sony, just like uh, Warner Brothers, Universal, etc. And and this is what a studio lineup looks like. You you have several nominations. You win some Oscars. You lose some. Uh, and so it's it's sort of, to me. I think this is the milestone we're celebrating for Netflix uh, at this Oscars. Is Netflix? Congratulations. You're no longer an internet startup. You're a Hollywood movie company. You're a Hollywood production company.
2: Uh, yeah, do, I think that's a big step. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Uh, do, do, do we think we're seeing like
1: a permanent um, meeting of the minds in terms of like, okay, there'll always be a theatrical release for anything we're serious about? Just a couple of weeks. The, the window is going to be very, very short. We're just going to. Pretend to play your game because we we saw them fight down in Mexico where it's like, no, we're not giving you, what was it, 30, 60, 90 days of exclusivity. Right. But 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 here in America, we've we seem to have kind of met in the middle. Do you think that's what it's going to be for all these yes and No, they
3: they gave a 15 day exclusivity window in the United States. In Mexico, they just didn't. A lot of the theater change were saying that's not enough. Here in the United States, all of the major theater chains also said, that's not enough and did not carry Roma. So I don't think that battle is over. Uh, I am very interested to see where that battle goes in the next year, given that Netflix is no longer Silicon Valley Netflix coming in to disrupt the world. Netflix is. I'm a member of the Motion Picture Association of America. Yeah. Uh, our film won three Oscars last year. Let's talk. Uh, let's figure this yeah. out, y'all. We're all in the same industry now. I'm, I'm curious if that changes this conversation. We, uh,
1: we were chatting just a little bit over at the Weird Things podcast about the thinking of – of 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 uh as as uh Andrew Maine jokingly called it the snubbing of his favorite Marvel movie of last of last year Infinity War uh mm. and it, i i think i think very clearly it's a case where disney is picking like this year we're going to push this movie we've got endgame you know it'll be sort of like the last of the uh, lord of the rings trilogy yeah I, I don't know if we've talked about it on this show but but there really does seem to be a a new hope empire strikes back return of the jedi trilogy kind of happening between thor ragnarok uh, infinity war and then endgame so it feels like they're intentionally holding back so that they could get uh, proper joy for endgame when it
3: comes out next year you think also it's really hard to get a superhero movie nominated. Black Panther is the first one, right? Uh, For best picture anyway. Right. It's easy to get nominated for visual effects, which Infinity War was nominated for. So if Marvel's going to make a push this year, it makes sense for them to make a push for Black Panther because the Academy was receptive to that. And I think Infinity War feels like half a movie. Uh, You know, that was my own only criticism really of it is like, I, I just wanted to see the end of the story. And so with Endgame, you can make that like, here it is. And, And Lord of the Rings, like you said, it was the Return of the King, right? Right. The last of the three that got the Academy's love. Uh, And I feel like, yeah, you could definitely get some more reception for and the story's now finished. Keep in mind uh, also so help. that
1: at some deep level when when next year at the Oscars they're they're pushing um, Endgame it really will be a not so much about the movie but about like the 10, 11 year, 12 year achievement that, that mm-hmm. they did. The unprecedented level of storytelling that will come to you know this phase will come to a head at yeah. that one movie. So it does make sense that they would hold back on promoting everybody to go nuts for Infinity War.
3: Yeah. All right. Let's talk about what to watch in under surveillance. Because of the U S holiday last year, we've got a few more things in this section than we might normally. Uh, the second half of season five of arrested development arrives on Netflix, March 15th. Uh, that's just less than a year uh, from the first half of the season, which came out May 29th, which is, just call it two seasons, whatever. They could be short. What? But, but okay. Anybody excited?
1: Uh, I'm excited to to uh, buy a new monitor after I hate punch this monitor halfway <laughs> through watching the second half. I haven't even finished the first half yet. I, I I I'm literally. If you told me, hey Brian, in the future the thing you love so much will be back, only uh, and it'll be pretty good at first, but then turn into a decayed zombie form of itself, and you'll actually hate it and yet be unable to stop watching it. I'd say sounds like Hollywood. So that's a note so from
2: Brian. You you saying you you saying you don't like it then? I'm saying
1: I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying I will watch it, and hate watch it. You I will right. watch its okay. desiccated, animated corpse, <laughs> shamble around, almost as if it's still alive. I feel like this wow. is a stark contrast
0: from our talk only a few weeks ago about uh, remakes and and reboots and revivals
1: well, and stuff. Yeah, you know what? I would love to see it rebooted with a. Different cast and different director, and different everything. A different name. Also, maybe not even as a comedy. Uh,
3: that sounds like a Twilight Zone episode. A new full trailer is out for CBS All Access's Twilight Zone episodes. Uh, that starts on CBS All Access April first.
1: So, uh, how how optimistic are you uh, of of how much magic being caught in in this,
3: Nicole?
2: So, um based on what i've seen uh on weird city which i might talk about later on what we're watching weird city is like you, is jordan peele's very twilight zone-esque black mirror-esque uh, project on youtube premium and if it's anything like that i think it's gonna be good i think it's gonna be really interesting it's gonna be very um mind uh effing uh so yeah. i think it'll be interesting
3: a lot of actors I like in this trailer, so yeah, that makes totally. me hopeful too. Uh, the six-episode series Good Omens, which is based on a book by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, will arrive on Amazon's Prime Video May 31st. Uh, I love this book, so and it's got David Tennant in it, uh, so I'm excited.
1: Should I hold off on reading the book to watch this first? Would Would that be fun? Yes. Okay.
3: <laughs> uh, I say that because I know you subscribe to that as a more enjoyable format, and this this book is really enjoyable, and I don't see that it would become less enjoyable in any way by watching the TV show first. Right on. Uh, series telling new stories based on the book Green Eggs and Ham. Yes, Dr. Seuss's Green Eggs and Ham. Uh, from executive producer Ellen DeGeneres, uh, will star Adam Devine as Sam. Michael Douglas as Guy along with voices from Diane Keaton, Ilana Glazer, Eddie Izzard, Jeffrey Wright, Gillian Bell, John Turturro, Tracy Morgan, David Diggs, Keegan-Michael Key and more and arrives this autumn on Netflix. Nicole, are you excited?
2: Okay, how how many episodes are in this TV series about a children's book? are new adventures. Is it like 10 episodes? or, or are they all new?
3: Yeah, they're they all knew they're, that it's okay. they're not retelling the book. They're telling a new story. It will follow Sam okay. I Am and Guy I Am as they try to rescue a rare chickeray from a zoo.
1: Okay. Uh what's funny is okay. I was I was really on board until I heard your last sentence. Uh because because at the core of it, Green Eggs and Ham is a fundamental truth that children need to discover, which is trying new things can be scary but sometimes deeply rewarding and encouraging people and being persistent sometimes pays off right my guess is you could come up with 10 archetypal narratives along that line to come up with but i don't want to watch it. i don't want to watch them figure out you know solve problems and you know game I of thrones like their is way to yeah to get the whatever you know that that seems weird
3: mhm that's it's this is for kids
1: that's it's, what wait it's, wait no wait, 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 yeah. it. it could be good it it could be for yep. kids be and good. very very good
2: uh, it
3: could be I don't think it will. I
2: mean, the talent is great. The fact <laughs> yeah. that they have Eddie Izzard and Keegan Michael. I mean, that's the talent is great.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then uh, finally, in the trailer world, the BBC released a trailer for the series *His Dark Materials*, based on the series of the same name by Philip Pullman. The books by Philip Pullman. Uh, this series is coming to HBO in the US, BBC in the UK.
1: So this was supposed to be a trilogy that was going to blow up here in America, and we got as far as uh, the Golden Compass that didn't- uh, Oh, the TV,
3: the movie. Yeah, yeah the movie. The movie, the Golden was Compass. Was not well
1: received, but, but this seems like a, a chance for a second bite of the apple that, that could be very, very good.
3: Yeah, I think this is a new apple, too. Uh, it, it, the trailer looks much more promising. Looks more like I would have imagined this to me. Cool. Amazon Studios head Jennifer Salk wants to debut 30 movies a year from Amazon Studios. Uh, Some of them will go to theaters in the 90-day window. Some will have limited windows. Some will go straight to Prime Video. She also told Deadline that the Lord of the Rings TV series that Prime Video is working on has the windows taped closed to the writer's room, a guard outside, and requires special security clearance, including a fingerprint scan, to enter. All right.
1: How much of that is sensible practices given the amount they've paid and given the environment that we're in and how much is just a little bit of P.T. Barnum Mm -hmm. to to, to, to make it just to, to maybe get a little bit of free press
2: yeah I mean this is the kind of information that you would get maybe like after the show's out not, like, before? I mean, it just yeah, seems a little bit Not from the studio too, head, right? Yeah, like, from yeah. the studio
1: head? Uh, he but but again, if you if you do say all that, there's some level of it that's like, we dare you to try to find out. <laughs> we dare you to try to peek in these windows.
3: Yeah. There's a little Roger <laughs> Corman, right? Like, no one will be seated during the amazing, you know, heart-stopping scene. Yeah, right? I- exactly. We had to hire a security guard because this is so good. I, like- I, think,
1: I think that... Uh, if I was gonna guess, somebody proposed, "Hey, look, we've got people putting on fake uniforms, pretending to come in for deliveries. Can we just do something?" And it's like, it's only thirty thousand dollars a year to get a part-time security guard. Great. Well, it's like, well, if I'm gonna spend thirty, forty, fifty, however many thousand dollars, it's like I'm gonna double down and press that button real loud in public and get at yeah. least that much money and free
3: publicity. <laughs> Transfer right, so that guy out of Sector Seven G down to. Yeah. It's right uh amazon has approved a 10 episode series based on naomi alderman's novel the power uh that's a novel in which women on earth suddenly get the ability to electrocute people by touching them uh uh, right on hilarity ensues (laughs) or charge batteries maybe (laughs) uh yeah no i mean obviously like uh, there, there's, there's. A, I have not read the book, but based on the summaries, there's, there's the attempt to cure women of this, this power. There's sort of, you know, trying to quarantine them so that they can't hurt people, and then there's, you know, people breaking out and taking power because of the fear of this electrocution, and and so you have multiple carrier characters representing different approaches to dealing with this newfound power, and uh, it's going to be a Prime Video series. Cool. Nicole.
2: Yeah. I. I have no feeling one way or the other. I mean, that sounds cool. I'll maybe the first few episodes or so.
3: Yeah. Uh, cool. A lot of people comparing it to Handmaid's Tale in tone.
2: Oh, I see what you're saying.
3: Sure. Netflix has ordered a new animated Transformers series called War for Cybertron that explores the Autobots' homeworld. That's expected to arrive in 2020. Uh, dude, uh, uh, not not. I, I don't know if you skipped over my favorite part of the story
1: is that it's going to be done by the folks over at rooster teeth right here in Austin, Texas. Yeah. So they're uh, talking they're, about they're, a different animation a of- style. Uh, if you watched bumblebee, you know, the best part was the first 15 uh, yeah, minutes. Yeah. So, so getting a chance to go back into that, uh, hopefully, um, you know, retro canonical world, I think would be pretty great.
3: The wandering earth is a movie that is the second biggest Chinese film release ever earning $600 million since it came out near the beginning of this month. In it, Earth must be moved away from the sun before the sun expands, but as they're moving it, it almost falls into Jupiter because the transport engines failed. Now, before you scoff at that and say, what is this, you know, uh, Space 1999? It's based on a novelette by Cixin Liu, who wrote the Hugo Award-winning Three-Body Problem. Uh, He gets his physics right. In that book. So I assume, as crazy as this sounds, the novelette at least probably got the physics right in this. And I don't know if it translated to the movie or not. Netflix, however, has obtained the rights for North America, Australia, New Zealand, and Korea for this movie.
1: Yeah, classic Chinese thinking. Thinking so small, just moving the world around. (laughs) Uh, No, this sounds fantastic.
3: Uh, CBS All Access has cast Lucy Liu to star in a dramedy from the creators of Desperate Housewives called Why Women Kill. It will revolve around three stories of three women dealing with infidelity across three decades. So this is us with uh, angry housewives, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know. This is us, Colin,
1: Angry Housewives Edition. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's
2: it's this based on like I mean it will be I mean I'm sure it's 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 gonna be I don't I don't really know what the stories are, but it'll be interesting if they mixed in like some historical um,
3: well, I cases. think the idea is you've got a modern woman who's dealing with infidelity. You've got a woman maybe from, I don't know, the 80s uh, and then a woman from the 60s. I mean, I don't have the decades right. Okay. I'm not saying that's it, but that's my impression from reading. This is like, oh, you're going to have these these women in different eras with different societal norms dealing with infidelity and how angry they get about it. And maybe some of them show up in each other's storylines at different ages, which is what that this is. Be us interesting. does. Yeah. 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 Uh, Again, that's coming to CBS All Access. All right, we got some good news. The Haunting of Hill House will get a second season. They're gonna do an anthology approach, so season two will not be at Hill House. Season two will be called The Haunting of Bly Manor and will be based on Henry James' novel, The Turn of the Screw, although it may feature some Hill House cast members.
1: Uh, Man, it makes me wish I'd watched the first Hill House. Well, you still
2: I haven't watched Hill House, but I read the book. (laughs) Which I guess is weird for me. (laughs)
3: Uh, you, they're not related hardly in any way. I know, they, I know they're character not. Names. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Amazon released a trailer for season four of The Man in the High Castle, which it says in the trailer will be its final season. They're going to bring the story to an end, which I'm, I know this is sound, this is a cancellation in effect, but I call this good news. Like, oh, good. They have an end to this story and, and they won't just string it out forever to, to capitalize on it. I think that's great. There was a headline that made me angry when
1: I read it, but then the more of the article I read, the happier I got, which was like... You know, just after its triumphant third season, uh, it, it the the headline read uh, the Good Place should uh announce when it's ending uh right now and, and it drew parallels to lost and it says mm. where we are right now is right when people really started to pull away from lost and lost didn't recover until they announced there will be exactly four more seasons and then it's over and then that's what got everybody back into lost and so likewise uh, i i think announcing beginning with the ending in mind not necessarily the worst idea and uh, you would think of
3: yeah I agree with that. I, in fact, I agree with that regarding the good place too. Yeah, I, I think that's that's smart. Uh, and then here's the bad news. Uh, if you work for these shows or wanted more of them, Netflix has let the last two shoes drop in its Marvel partnership, announcing, surprise, surprise, The Punisher and Jessica Jones will not get any more seasons on Netflix. Jessica Jones will be the last series to come to Netflix. It arrives later this year.
1: Um, I don't know right. how I feel about it. Is this the end of a failed experiment or just the natural? Like there was no way to make this work. Uh, in a world where Disney was was gonna have the opportunity to do their own things,
3: was there? I I I don't think you have to say it's a failed experiment. It was a, a a several seasons of multiple shows that crossed over, and some of them worked and some of them didn't. And now Disney wants to do something else with their Marvel properties, and that's fine. Like I just look at it as like, oh yeah, uh, we had. I don't know, is it a decade, at least a half a decade of Marvel programming on Netflix? You yeah, know, we've had Marvel programming on other networks before, and now we're probably going to have it on Disney Plus. I think I think it was just five years. Uh, yeah. F-
1: yeah. Uh I don't know. I guess I was just hoping for so much more. I was hoping for um, I was hoping for the level of success that uh, that D.C. has enjoyed on uh, you know, television with the CW. Animated. Yeah. 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 I, I was hoping oh, for.
3: Oh, with like the arrow, like arrow and Supergirl. Yes, and, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I was hoping I for
1: them to somehow be able to offer their, you know, Diet Coke to their Diet Pepsi or
2: whatever.
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it got disrupted by the sea change in everybody else deciding they were going to do what Netflix was doing. I think Disney was all into this when they started it. And then as they they moved through the years, they realized, you know, we should really be making this stuff for our own. We're going to do I, I think five years ago, they're like, we're not going to do a streaming service. That's a streaming thing. And now they realize, oh, you know what? We should definitely be doing a streaming service. So it's just a, a change in the landscape. That, yeah, you, yeah maybe this is a good thing it's a, it's an indication that two companies are adapting to a change in the landscape
2: yeah, instead I mean, of waiting say, for it to
3: be too late
2: you could say these two shows you know whether or not they were successful they were definitely a distraction you could say for Disney who probably want to focus more attention to their own shows like the Loki series or whatever it is that they're doing for you know Disney's own Marvel lineup. is is shield still going agents no. of shield
1: okay no. well at least that part's right with the world <laughs>
3: Uh, and then sci-fi canceled the series night flyers Uh, night flyers showrunner Jeff Bueller told the verge last year that he wanted to tackle other stories in the thousand worlds universe.
1: Uh, what property was this based on? The, 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 George R. R. Martin. Okay, so okay, it, it, okay, got it. Uh, we spent so much time talking about it, and then I never really heard. We uh, promoted it so there was so much promotion. For I know it. that's that's what I'm saying because we insane. talked about it a lot <laughs> leading up to it. But once it came out, I none of us watched it, and I never heard anybody buzzing about it. Yeah. So to hear that it's canceled was like, wait, I it came out and uh, yeah,
3: yeah. Um, I I think it also got caught. I mean. It it doesn't sound like they had a lot of faith in it because they just dumped all the episodes out at the end of December, but I think it also got caught in sci-fi trying to clean house and also adapt to this changing landscape and say, when we have a show, we need to own all the rights to it. That's what happened to The Expanse. It wasn't that The Expanse was a failure for sci-fi, it's sci-fi was like, we want to have it on our streaming platform. And instead the contract says you get to air it and then it goes to somebody else for the streaming platform. So I think everybody's doing this where they're like, let's just reorganize and make sure we get all the rights to stuff from the beginning of production.
1: Yeah. I,
3: I
2: would imagine, I,
1: uh, oh, sorry, go ahead.
3: Okay, no, uh, I was just going to ask what you had your eyes on lately, Nicole?
2: My eyes on, well, um, I'll go to, I'll mention a couple of things I've been keeping, I've been watching the past uh, few months or so. And so um, I watched, I finally watched Into the Spider-Verse a few weeks ago and um, kind of said I didn't watch it sooner because it truly is, not only I do I think it's, Probably the best movie of twenty eighteen. With the caveat, I haven't watched every single movie in twenty eighteen, so I don't really know if sure, it's the best movie. But based on what I've seen, I think it's the best movie of twenty eighteen. Best animated for sure. I think it's possibly the best superhero movie. I know that's kind of controversial, it, it, but it, I think uh, it is. I think it's the best like superhero comic movie. If that makes sense, it,
1: it's certainly the best Spider Man anything. Full stop. I can't right. think of and, and possibly including the comic books. Uh, like 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 the best Spider Man anything
2: yeah i mean it's it's fantastic like everything about it is, is there's there's drama there's comedy there's you no know, exploring one's self one's, one's identity there's also just like good slapstick stuff there's also like a, it's, it's a thriller there's a mystery behind it um there's like family family relationships between the you know the father and the son so there's so many dynamics here with like like the, the morality tale is really rich um the the interdimensional stuff is it's amazing it's really well told the fact that it, it treats the interdimensional thing which i think can be kind of cheesy depending on how you approach it it was just really well done and um i loved like the little comic elements with like you know the pig and all of those things it was, it was just really funny but not it wasn't just about the story it was also about the graphic the way they told the story through um through text through like the comic book stylings of like the 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 comic effects i guess i don't don't know how how you want to describe it um but those were like really well done in a way that i don't think you could ever replicate that same feeling or that same sort of nuance and aura in a quote-unquote traditional live action movie just because like the whole panel shifting the the different words put on the screen like that added to it so much more than i think you know CGI could, I mean, that's just my uh, theory perhaps, but um, it really evokes the feel of superheroes and comics and makes me makes me love, makes, makes, honestly, like directly after that movie, I was like, what's the what's a good comic book for me to read right now? Because it really made me fall in love with comic books as an art form again. Um, it was just really well done, like from top to bottom. It was great.
3: Absolutely. Now I know you mentioned Weird City earlier too, but I, th- I think that's another one you've been watching.
2: Yeah so um so Weird City and I don't, I didn't even know this existed until a few weeks ago but there's this is a, it's a series on YouTube Premium and it was it's produced by Jordan Peele as I mentioned it's kind of like a black mirror twilight zone kind of story and it's like each individual episode is a self-contained episode and it's the, it's it's an, it's, it's, an, it's a fictional world of above the line and below the line. So above the line are like the well-to-do folks and below the line are like the criminals the underbelly of this of this world um and the interesting thing with weird city is that it's kind of like twilight zone and black mirror but it's funny so it's it's like this weird messed up world of what is going on in this crazy universe but it's like it has a comedic element to it it's it's like really Twisted dark humor, which is very in line with Jordan Peele's work. If you know, if you know of his work, so um, I like it a lot. You, you have to watch it. It's really short too, short okay. 20 minutes or so. It's like really quick to like to like uh, um, consume. Uh, so if you have a YouTube subscription already, just like watch it in like a day. It's great.
3: Brian, what have you had your eyes on?
1: Dude, I went and saw How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, and I saw it twice. Uh, I, I had nothing going on Friday morning, so I took my daughter and, and ran and watched it, and Bonnie was like, what about the other kids? I was like, i watch it again, and I had no regrets watching it again. Um The action was a little bit uh, rubberier and and more slapsticky than in the previous ones, Uh, especially like after watching it. I went back and watched the first and the second one with the kids and uh, they do some really tight action sequences in the first one. Second one is much more character driven, but uh, you can't beat it for the feels. I mean, it definitely sticks the landing and was really good. Also, um, on Justin Robert Young's recommendation, I don't know if I mentioned this uh, two weeks ago, but I started watching uh, Larry Charles's Dangerous World of Comedy, which is a... A documentary series about what does comedy look like in people who have nothing to be happy about and uh, he goes to Iraq and Somalia and uh, uh war-torn areas and he goes and listens to female comedians in uh, 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 Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. it's freaking uh um heartbreaking at times it's uh, uh, for something that's about comedy it's it's horrific and eye-opening and and I think truly uh Important, capital I important, if you uh, are interested in the world of comedy.
3: And, and where are you were watching this? Uh, that's on Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Good. Uh, also on Netflix, uh, I want to mention watching Haunting of Hill House. Uh, Eileen and I watched it on a trade. Uh, we were talking to our friend Hakito about TV shows, and we mentioned the comic book uh, based uh, show W out of Korea. Uh, And he said, well, I'll watch that if you watch Haunting of Hill House, which Eileen doesn't like scary stuff. She doesn't like watching horror. So the stipulation was she would watch it as long as we only watched it while the sun was up. And we blazed through it in a day and a half. Uh, We watched uh, uh, most of it on Saturday and then the rest of it on Sunday uh, last weekend on the President's Day, Long President's Day weekend, thinking we would probably need all weekend to get through it. It's great. Has nothing, no, almost no relation to the book. If you know the book and you're looking for that book, uh, you'll be disappointed. That this story isn't anything like that. Uh, but it's got some great beats, a great mystery, uh, some good jump scares, uh, good effects, good acting. I, I, I think it's enjoyable, and it just really fed us into wanting to watch the next episode every time to figure out what is going on in this, in this house. It's supernatural. Uh, you know, it's not science fiction, but it has its own internal logic that it sticks to for the most part, and I enjoyed it. Cool. All right. Bryce, what are you on the lookout for?
0: Hey, we got a kids-minded recommendation in our email. Listener Jesse says, "Good day, Cord Killers crew. Brian has continuously sung the praises of Netflix's kids series Cupcake and Dino, uh, even going as far as repeating uh, the, (laughs) repeatedly infesting the audience with the earworm of a little song uh, of the title song. Well, I see your Cupcake and Dino, and raise you Amazon's original series, the daytime Emmy Award winner, Little Big Awesome. This delightful show features their own duo Gluco and Lennon, and has their own snappy and." The two them don't have jobs per se But generally try to help the citizens of Townopolis in a variety of hilarious Ways, shapes, and forms The show is exceptionally charming IMO And is one of the few I will happily watch With my twin preschoolers intermittently stopping To enjoy in between play sessions If that's not enough to grab you Frequent uh, cameos by Weird Al Yankovic As Mr. Sun and Amy Mann As the moon will do the trick Thank you and love the show, Jesse, a.k.a. hometown rival P.S. Cup King and Dino is pretty good too Hey, thank you so much Uh, 13 half-hour episodes are streaming now for subscribers of Amazon Prime Video. Right Right
3: on. Hey, folks, if you got something we should be on the lookout for, too, email us, chordkillers at gmail.com. Uh, let's take a moment, though, Brian, to tell folks what we're going to be up to in a couple of weeks.
1: Oh, when you say we, I assume you and me and also oh, yeah. Bryce. Uh, Nicole, you're also invited. But I know what all of us are going to be doing on March 9th at South by Southwest. We're going to be hosting our, what, fifth annual South by So Wasted for the first time trying to make it a real, real live show comedy podcast and music festival we have rented a legit venue right in the middle of downtown there's only room for 150 of you guys if you're going to have seats after that we have to take out the seats so you have to stand there like a rock concert so we got like 50 tickets left that we're trying to sell uh, uh, night attack live ice cream social live the possum posse live uh, dual core live special guest appearances from uh, Andrew Heaton Willie Dills Gregory we're going to have uh, and of course The Internet's own Tom Merritt going to be sharing some stories that I assume you've never told in public before. Quite possibly. I, I, will be I don't think I'm supposed told to. told and I will be involved. Uh, uh, if you could think of a storytelling game that we've ever played on on the show, and imagine how normally the celebrities are the ones judging people, what if we turned it upside down and made the celebrities tell their story? It's, uh, it should be a really, really fun show. Uh, three hours plus uh, pre-show, so you're, you're going to want to get there right at doors at 2 o'clock. Do us a favor. Head on over to bit.ly slash night attack show, I think. Mm-hmm. No, Night Attack Austin. Lowercase Night Attack Austin. Word. Okay. Uh, or podcastlink.com slash nightattack. That's probably the easiest way. Sure. Podcastlink.com slash nightattack. Uh, we're also doing, I think we have two slots left. If you want to get in on our VIP hangover the following morning, we're going to be doing a uh, secret special VIP tour of the new seven acre Schwood property in which I will tell stories that we don't want told in public but we'll share with you guys uh, it's going to be really great we we'll following that we'll have a food and a live show with uh, ice cream social and I, I don't think we've tipped this yet but we're going to be joining our friends over at the the whiskey vault uh, whiskey tribe at their uh, at their distillery
3: so folks get in on it don't wait let's move on to the front lines <laughs> Frontlands! Roku says it expects to have more than a billion dollars in revenue this year. Uh, Roku raised its revenue and earnings in Q4 over the same period last year and beat analyst expectations. So Roku's killing it these days. CEO Anthony Wood says the company wants to power every TV in the world. That is their goal. Roku added close to 8 million accounts in 2018 and has devices in more than 27 million households. And it's it's raising money on its hardware, but also on its ad sales, uh, which it sells into its software and its Roku channel. That is so remarkable to me.
1: Nicole, uh, five years ago, 10 years ago, did you think there was a chance that this is the position Roku would be in?
2: Ten years ago, no. Five years ago, maybe. I mean, I've, 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 I've used Roku for years, so uh, yeah, good to know.
1: Yeah, it seems like their their real genius was realizing that they could do away with the box and just be yeah. the thing that powers the, the TV. Oh, I, I the thought TV. you actually throw it, yeah. Um, meanwhile, Spectrum is selling an internet-only TV package called Spectrum TV Essentials to its internet customers. It has more than 60 channels and costs 15 bucks a month. It works with the Spectrum app on Roku, Apple TV, Xbox One, Amazon Fire TV, and Samsung Smart TV and on desktops. I got to tell you, Tom, when you get down to $15 for the essentials for like the grandma circuit, that almost sounds like uh, maybe cable
3: ain't so bad. I mean, it's a bit of a rear guard action because they're only selling it to their existing Internet subscribers, but... If it's one of those people who's like, I'm canceling television and no, I'm not going to replace it. And you go, how about for $15? Eh, Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And and, and all they have to say is for $15, imagine there's a tornado warning. That's the moment you want to turn on live and, and that you don't want to have to worry about your over the air antenna or whatever. Like for 15 bucks a month. I
3: don't know. I already hear the email like, well, Brian, your internet will go out with the power, but your over-the-air might still work on your battery. Okay, whatever. You know, Brian. what Brian's saying is you might watch your local channel still, okay? Right. It's important for news. Uh, sports-oriented streaming service Fubo TV has added Viacom channels to its lineup, alongside CBS, AMC, NBC, FX, and more, which it already had, in addition to all of its international sports and, and domestic sports. The base package will add Viacom's BET, CMT, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, Nick Jr., The Paramount Network, TV Land, and VH1, with a bunch of other Viacom channels arriving on extra packages.
1: Okay, I'm going to need you to help me on this one, Tom, because it says here, This is a story that is significant, but likely to be misunderstood. The story is... Samsung is no longer bringing new models of its Blu ray players to the US. This does mean that the market for Blu ray players just got a little bit smaller in the US. It does not mean that you can't buy Blu ray players in the US or that Samsung has stopped making Blu ray players at all. I, I, dude, uh, Tom, why would you think anyone would jump to those kind of conclusions?
3: Yeah. Uh, because headlines said, uh, Samsung stops making Blu-ray players and, <laughs> oh, and yeah. things like that. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to be clear. Like, It's not great news for Blu-ray fans, right. sure. You don't want to see a big company like Samsung say, hey, one of the biggest markets on earth, we're just not going to make Blu-ray players for that anymore. But it's not the end of Blu-ray, at least not yet. Nicole, if you had to gamble, how much time do you think Blu-ray has left?
2: Oh, we would gamble? Uh, let's say five years.
3: Five years, yeah. I think it'll be a little longer. I think it's got a longer tail, but I think I think in 5 years for sure we'll be we'll be talking about what, when it's going to finally fizzle out. Uh hey, uh researchers from the University of Houston and Western University used the period of time in 2014 when the Pirate Bay went down as a control. Uh this is this is genius. They wanted to study what effect the Pirate Bay being down had on movie ticket sales. So they compared oh. like how did piracy when it was totally working with the Pirate Bay affect ticket sales? And then when that large source of piracy went away, how did that affect ticket sales? The research found that unauthorized copies of movies released before a theater premiere had a negative effect on ticket sales. So if it leaked out ahead of time, ticket sales tended to go down. While unauthorized copies released after a premiere in a theater, actually had a positive effect on ticket sales. It caused a little more uh, sales for movie theater tickets if that movie was already out.
1: So I, I I would be so curious to know what versions are being leaked at what times for example, there was the whole um, one of the Wolverine movies uh, the version that leaked online before release, Uh, Had incomplete effects. And it definitely, Mm. like, you looked at it, you're like, this movie looks like garbage. And, like, yeah, dummy, because it's not dumb. Uh, Whereas, um,. You know, uh, stuff shortly after release, I would imagine a lot of them are telesyncs where people are just, you know, sneaking in camcorders and, and hold them up to, to grab or, footage. Or
3: um, screeners, you know, screener copies that have been ripped somehow. Sure, sure. But at that point, you know what the buzz
1: is about and you get enough into it to realize, yeah, you know what, I really should watch this in the theater. I, I don't feel like I'm going to be uh, gypped if I if I experience this.
3: Yeah, and, and I think it also, it takes away from different audiences. There's the audience who are like, I want to see it as soon as possible. And when it leaks out ahead of time, they have seen it on their computer. They don't need to go. Whereas if they're like, I have to see it as soon as possible and it hasn't been leaked, they go to the theater and get in line, uh, and buy it. And if it leaks out after that, they're like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pirate it now. Or if I do, it's just to see it again. Cause I'm such a big fan.
1: Yeah. Sources tell CNBC that Apple is aiming to launch its TV service. It's going to be great, Tom. This April or early May, stars, CBS, including Showtime and Viacom, are expected to offer subscriptions through Apple T- Apple's TV app. HBO is in talks but isn't on board yet. And Netflix and Hulu are not expected to
3: join. I just wanted to hear you say it. Ha ha ha.
1: It's gonna be great. It's
3: gonna be great. Yeah, can't wait. Uh, Nicole, over a decade, excited. Tom.
1: It's been over a decade
2: now. <laughs>
3: Practically, right? It feels like
2: it. I, no, I think, I think that, the. I think the one sentence that had everybody just like like forehead slapping was the sentence Netflix and who are not expected to join. Like that's like the one like.
1: I mean, luckily the they'll they'll have standalone greats like Planet of the Apps to lure us.
2: Yeah. And- carpool karaoke,
3: right? I will save all my comments till this is a real product from That's, now on. Okay, good. <laughs> Let's move on to our dispatches from the front. <laughs> Uh, Will in Davie, Florida wrote, I have a two-year-old, and with my wife, who is a native Spanish-speaking mother, we make sure content we watch is always in Spanish. As I am, in in Will's words, muy gringo, and want nothing more than for our daughter to know the language like mom, this also helps in my study of the Spanish language, too. My question is, of all the -the over-the-top services out there, do any support the SAP function for Spanish language audio. We're a big Disney Junior family right now and would love to find the service that supports this over the top. Really looking to cut the cord and this is really the only thing holding me back. Uh, I don't know. This is a great one to throw out to the audience if you're using SAP on streaming services. I, I mean, I can answer generally like, yes, I have seen SAP audio available, I think in PlayStation view on some channels, but I don't know how widespread it is. I don't know how frequent it is. And I also don't know Uh, if Disney Junior is is able to do it. Cordkillers at gmail.com, if you have answers to that, you're actually experienced in this. But I would also add that you could take your current service and log into the Disney app and see if the app has the SAP option in it, uh, and that might help give you a clue down the road because you could then get PlayStation View and log into the Disney app with your PlayStation View uh, credentials and get the SAP that way.
1: Yeah, that's. I think you'll find that the on-demand world is very, very different from the live world when it comes to that kind of stuff. And in fact, it might be that you're a candidate to do uh, the Brian method of cancel everything and just buy whatever you want the moment you want it, and then and then you know wait until that budget exceeds what you were spending on live content. Because I know that that. that that uh, the vast majority of everything i buy whether it's on amazon or watching it on netflix or or you name it uh, tends to have a spanish language version available cool good to know uh, you want to take this next one? This is a big one.
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, Kyle from Florida has says, we've been seeing a trend of channels delivering their content through apps and not just from cable channels, but various content delivery service. This is nice. I can install an app on my device for a specific channel if I want a certain show. While it does get a little annoying that I have to download multiple apps, each with a different, sometimes frustrating interface, to watch a handful of shows, one of the things I've never heard anyone talk about is the state of ads on these platforms. And he goes on to complain about how the ads work on these individual apps. You get the same ad multiple times, sometimes twice in a row. Uh, I I think one of the benefits uh, of ads on these platforms is a lot of times if there isn't an ad, certain apps will just skip them, but some don't. Some fill them with a bunch of promos that are repetitive for shows on the network. I would say, Kyle, that my solution to this has been Hulu commercial free because a lot of the stuff you get through these apps is also available on Hulu. And if you pay for the commercial free version of Hulu, then you don't have to deal with any ads at all. But yeah, uh, on these individual channel apps that you log in with your cable authentication, man, yeah, The ads are uh, sometimes a nightmare for sure. I'll tell you what, though, it's
1: an interesting take because you don't normally think in terms of the quality of the production and storytelling of ads. Now, there is one place we all think of it when it comes to the Super Bowl. We we, we wouldn't want to watch the Super Bowl without the ads. But if you create a rich enough advertising ecosystem where you're telling, you know, narratives about Snickers bars or whatever, that, oh, yeah. that you might find a segment of the population like not interested in paying $6 to have no ads because it's like, well, everybody keeps talking about these so-and-so ads and I don't know what they're talking about. I want to know what everybody else is talking about, but, yeah. but it's poor implementation. It sounds, it's like what we're dealing with.
2: Yeah. The, like I have, I have actually no problem with ads on like regular TV just because they, you know, it's, it's a different ad. Usually every time they, they're, they're short enough. I mean, I, I would rather not have them, but I don't, I have no like overarching problem with them, but I do have problems with the the ads that this email is talking about about like five ads in a row, and they're all the same thing, and they're all like really bad. And it's just my, it's just like it makes me want to like throw things at my TV. Um, and I would, I would completely pay for the no commercial version every single time. The Hulu, the Hulu no ads, totally. CBS All Access no ads, I'll pay for it just because I hate having to like sit through you know all of those ads, like the back to back same ads all the time, really horrible ads. And I, I just, I can't
3: stand them. <laughs> and I'll be honest, uh, the longer any of these properties have been around, the better they get at this. So what what's happening is a lot of these channels are operating these apps themselves and they, they, just, they just haven't figured out how to solve this problem yet. And maybe the advertising money coming in through that channel isn't enough to prioritize it in their production line, uh, which is why you're dealing with it. But the longer these are around, the better this gets. So there is hope for the future, I think. Uh, and with that... Uh, we say goodbye to Nicole Lee. Thanks for joining us, Nicole.
2: Bye.
3: <laughs> and, and let folks know where they can find you online.
2: <laughs> I can just go to twitter.com slash Nicole. Thanks for having me.
3: Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash night attack, which is also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. We'll see you again next time.
1: Hey guys, Brian and Tom here. And it's just the same old message. At the end of the credits, just like always.
3: That's right, Brian. Nothing new here except your name showing up. Oh, my gosh. Because you I've got a just name. supported us on Patreon. Yeah,
1: all those $5 donors, look at that. That's your name in pixels. We're going to make you famous, kid. Put your There's name in pixels classic on the internet. names
3: in there, but some of you are new. Some of you aren't there. It's sad. What can they do, Brian?
1: I mean, they could go to patreon.com slash killers and pledge $5 an episode and be one of these amazing people. Like this the one. Amazing. Oh, look at look at that name right there. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this broker. <laughs>